0: Thank you guys, to the book of Proverbs tonight, Proverbs chapter number one, Proverbs chapter number one, and we continue tonight in our series, uh, the people of Proverbs, and I've been asked by several people recently, how much longer uh, will we uh, go in this series, and so we'll go exactly, I have no idea how much longer we'll go, and I uh, never intended for this to be uh, a series, but I think it's turned into a good one. And I think it's been very helpful to us. And uh, we'll just continue uh, moving through the book. And uh, when I run out of characters, then we'll stop. Or when the Lord uh, has me move on, we'll move on. But uh, we'll look tonight. Uh, and we'll look at one verse in this chapter, and then we'll look at two other verses towards the end of the message tonight. But we'll look in Proverbs chapter number one and verse ten. My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. Tonight, we're going to to look at that group just called Sinners, and uh, we're going to give it a uh, clarification this evening, and then I've entitled this Bible study, Dealing with Sinners, Dealing with Sinners, and so let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, I pray that you would use your word tonight uh, to teach us, to instruct us. Uh, We need your help. We need the help of the Spirit of God. Uh, to uh, work in our hearts in areas that we need convicting. I pray we'll be convicted, uh, areas where we'll need to uh, put up some uh, roadblocks and standards of living. May we uh, decide to do that. And Father, may we be reminded uh, that true joy and peace and happiness comes from serving you. And may we just uh, be strengthened in our faith this evening. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. I can recall as a young man hearing many messages at youth conferences and youth camps from this passage of Scripture about the enticement of sin, the enticement of this world. And I certainly think that is, that is a, an appropriate context. Solomon is writing to his son, and he reminds them, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. There's an important distinction, and we're going to look at this, this, this group, sinners, in this passage of Scripture in verse 10, and then in two other places in the book of Proverbs. There's much for us to uh, be reminded of uh, when we think of uh, sinners. Uh, we look at a definition of a sinner, you say, well, pastor, we're all sinners. Is this how to deal with all of us? That's true. We're all sinners. Uh, but it's important that we understand what the Bible is talking about when it talks about Sinners. A sinner is one that has voluntarily violated the divine law, a moral agent who has voluntarily disobeyed any divine precept or neglected any known duty. We understand this as uh, doing those things which are wrong. The divine law. God has set the divine law. For all have sinned. So uh, we could say one that has voluntarily violated divine law, that's everybody. But that's the definition of what it is. But here's the, 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 the notation that I want to pay close attention to. It is used in contradiction to a saint to denote an unregenerate person, one who has not received the pardon of his sins. We know that we are sinners saved by grace. How many of you are saved tonight? Isn't that wonderful to know? Because we're reminded even by the definition of the word sinner tonight that that's us. We have voluntarily, well, the devil made me do it. No, he did not. He did not. He might have put some temptation out there. and A lot of times we, we put ourselves in that situation. Uh, it's our flesh. It's our will. Uh, we voluntarily do the things uh, that we want to do. We're all sinners. But when when Solomon writes to his son, if sinners entice thee, that word is being used in contradiction to a saint. It's contrasting a saint who is a saint. Is it somebody who goes through all the processes and qualifications of the Catholic Church and they're declared a saint? No. Uh, Who are saints? It's the saved. It's the redeemed. If you're saved tonight, you're a saint. Now, this is going to bless you. If it doesn't bless you, you need to wake up. So maybe I'll help you a little bit. Because this is going to bless you. When he's writing to sinners, he's talking about those that are not saved. He's not talking about the redeemed, the born again, those that have experienced salvation through Christ. So in context of heaven... God looks at us as saints and not sinners. Isn't that a wonderful blessing? We know what we are. We know who we are. We know our frailty. And boy, it's been reminded of, I don't know why God would send His Son to die for us, but I'm so thankful He did. We are just sinners. But oh, when God looks at us, He sees the blood of His Son. And He has a clear distinction sinners saints sinners saints because and this is a good reminder for you and I if you have if you've you've had you've been washed by the blood of the lamb boy that that record in heaven is not your record it's the record of the Lord Jesus Christ and so in heaven when they look up your name and you've been saved it's like well, they're not a sinner; they're a saint, because it's God's, it's Christ's record. What a wonderful, wonderful thought! So, when Solomon is writing, "If sinners entice thee," he's talking about the lost, those who have yet to be saved. Another, a further definition of this word, sinners, is and if is offenders, criminals. Uh, this. Group that is outside of salvation. Those this we often refer to, we use terminology like the lost world. Those who are not saved, they're lost. Uh, Those who have yet to be born again, those that have rejected Christ, sinners. Now, we should not get puffed up because we didn't change us from a sinner to a saint. That's God's work. He changed us. But let me just say... I'm glad to be a saint. I'm glad to be born again. I'm happy to be born again. And what a, what a wonderful thought to think that God doesn't consider me a sinner in this context because that is the world. That, that are those who have rejected Christ. That are those who do not have Christ. So it's important for us to be reminded that when we use that word tonight, to not get it confused, well, I'm a sinner, but from a positional standpoint as far as Christ is concerned. You're a saint. We're a joint heir with the Lord Jesus Christ. And when it is all said and done, there's just going to be two classes of people. There's not going to be those that come from this race and this race and this race. And there's not going to be the rich and the poor. There's just going to be the sinner and the saint. The saints will be with the Lord. The sinners are facing judgment. So it's a category of the unsaved. So tonight it's important for us to understand as we read this and we deal with sinners, uh, we're dealing with them collectively. We're dealing with the ideology. We're dealing with the nature of what sinners are. We're going to see some pretty uh, horrible characteristics of sinners and may we be reminded that but for the grace of God, we would be in that category. But for His grace and His mercy, we would be, we would be in that category uh, that is mentioned tonight, those sinners. So having established that, that it is a sinner and a saint, it is not the brethren, it is not those who have been saved, it is not the saint, it is the sinner, those without Christ, they're... Unregenerate. I, I don't think it, 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 we 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 got saved. Certainly, we probably understood it, but <coughs> I think sometimes we fail to be reminded how bad sin is from God's perspective. And a lost person, they are a sinner. <coughs> Those without Christ, they have not been changed. They have not been born again. So we have that established. The sinner, they are not the saints. So our text tonight says, My son of sinners entice thee, consent thou not. And so I want to give you seven statements tonight that we'll look at. We'll look at two other passages of Scripture. Number one, it is not a matter of if, but when sinners entice you. Say, wow, I hope, I hope his son's paying attention. I hope the kids are paying attention. <coughs> you and I need to pay attention. Right, right. Yes, sir. Now, if you're saved tonight, you're always going to be saved. Yes, right. You can't lose your salvation. Amen. That does not mean sinners will, will not entice you. Right. That does not mean this world's going to look at you and say, oh, they belong to Christ. Let's leave them alone. That's not the way it works. Usually, the target is on the Christian, and so they're still going to entice. Now, I said, statement number one is not a matter of if, but when sinners entice you. You know, they're not going to always tell you when that enticement is going to come, but it's going to come. That's why you and I need to be aware of this and be cautious. Now, we're, we are trying to win the lost. That's what we're trying to do. That's the emphasis on the Great Commission. We have to work in this world, but don't ever forget you're not of this world as a saint. Right. Amen. And so we have to be very careful that we are not enticed. That's not a matter of if, but when sinners entice you. That word entice simply means to seduce, to lead astray. Everybody in here would agree with this statement that a child of God is supposed to follow Christ. We have this mindset that because not everybody's willing to be a disciple of Christ, that that's a fair option. But all of us, if we're saved, we really should have one option to be a disciple of Christ. We, we think that if we're, we, we understand when we're saved, we're going to be seduced to be led astray. It is the will of God for every child of God. To be in a Bible-believing church. To attend it faithfully. To support it. To submit themselves to it. I know we live in a world that we don't like to hear that. But it's the truth. You know what the world's going to do? You know what sinners are going to try and do? Lead you astray from that. These young people who grow up in Christian homes and they start out in that nursery and then they get, go through all the Sunday school classes and they get into the, uh, the elementary age and then they do the, all the different the elementary activities and they grow up and they get into the teen group and, and they survive junior high and they get into the older years of, of the teen group and they get to be about that junior and they, then they wish they hadn't survived junior high and then they, they get all the way through. Think about the number of messages a child has heard growing up in a Bible-believing church. Think about the number of Sunday school lessons those graduates that are going to walk across and hopefully they're going to walk across in a couple of weeks and get their diploma. and Having grown up in church and grown up in Sunday school, the number of Bible lessons that they will have been taught in their life. You talk about a head start. You talk about an investment. You talk about, and young people, don't don't forget this. You talk about an investment in in a safeguard that can save that young man, that young lady from heartache, from difficulty, from a lot of things that many would say, I wish I could have had that. You know what's going to happen? Sinners are going to entice. They're going to try and lead astray. This happens to new Christians. You New Christians, they get saved, they get baptized, they start to attend, and all of a sudden, there's an enticement. It's not a matter of if, but when. You know why you need to be in Sunday school? Because it's not a matter of if, it's when. You know why you need to be in a Wednesday night Bible study? It's not a matter of if, it's when. You know why you need to be in your Bible every day? It's not a matter of if, it's when. You, we, need to be, we need to know what we're being enticed to. We need to know what we're being enticed from. It's going to happen. It happens to all of us. And if you were enticed and you said, I didn't consent, I, got, I'm, I can check that box. No, 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 it's not a one-time thing. It's going to happen again. In all the years I've grown up as a preacher's kid, all the years in ministry, and now the years of pastoring now, you see it's, it's tragic. You see some resist and they resist and they make the right decision, the right decision, and then eventually they give in. It's tragic. It's not a matter of if but when sinners entice you. Statement number two, sinners will try to include you in their evil. Sinners will try to include you in their evil. Let's read verse 10 all the way down through verse 14. My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. If they say, Come with us, let us wait for blood. Let us lurk privily for the innocent without cause. Let us swallow them up alive as the grave and whole as those that go down into the pit. We shall find all precious substance. We shall fill our houses with spoil. Cast an a lot among us, let us all have one purse. Uh, sinners will try to include you in their evil. Uh, well, we've got to be very, very careful of what we get enticed by. Now, we have an opportunity to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. We have an opportunity to use our life to, to, to its, its greatest purpose. We have an opportunity to honor God with our life, aren't you thankful for salvation? Aren't you thankful that the Almighty God loved you and I enough that He sent His Son to die for us? How can we ever repay that? Use your life to honor Him. If God were visiting, we would do everything we can to give Him the proper honor. God don't want that. Every day you have an opportunity to give Him the proper honor. We ought to honor God. So sinners will try to include you in their evil. Uh, you know, I, I preached a message a couple months ago. You can't trust rebels. Right. It's something we need to have in our, our mind. I say that to say this. You can't trust sinners. Right. 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 Oh, we're just going to... Oh, it's not... That it's, it's, it's the same old story of the serpent in the Garden of Eden with Eve. Right. God's just trying to keep something from you. Because he knows you'll be just like him, and you'll have the knowledge that he has. Yes. Sinners say the same thing. Oh, you go to that church is just trying to keep you from having the fun that all the guys have. Right. Having the fun that everybody else has. But the Bible says that they have evil intentions. And I, and, I, and, I, and I come right back with number three. We said number two, sinners will try to include you in their evil. Number three, sinners are not concerned with who they hurt. They're not concerned with who they hurt. Right. If they hurt you, they don't care. Right. Yeah. They don't care. Right. But what are they're going to try and include you in is go, is hurting someone else. Notice what the Bible says. Now, I always like to say this because I've heard, I've heard, I've heard not from any of you per se, but you know, you hear all of the things that people who don't want to accept the Bible is like. Well, Pastor, I just, I know that's what you think. No, let me just tell you what the Bible describes these people as. Let us wait for blood. Let us wait for blood. Let us lurk privily for the innocent without cause. Life is nothing to wicked people. They will, they will step on whoever they need to step on. They will destroy whoever they need to destroy so they can get ahead. Right. Let us work privily for the innocent without cause. And we live in a day and you can make several applications of this, but you think of all the crime that takes place. Yeah. And through the last several years, all of the, the riots, all the different things that are going through, You know, the Antifa. You know, the BLM. I'm writing a book and I have a chapter in it and I'm calling it Baptist Lives Matter. I hope that's okay. But we could go on and on and on and on with that. Anybody who wants to hurt somebody else. Well, there's a problem with that. That, that, That's wicked. That's evil. You and I should not have anything to do with that. You and I should not join up with that. We live in a way, day to day, we, we hurt people, and it's all, we're just, it's just a prank. The innocent without cause. And those are some of the other words we see here. Let us swallow them up alive as the grave. Now, they're just going about their business, living their life, Let's swallow them up. You, you know, what, you know what this world does. You know what sinners does. It 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 alters the future of innocent people. You think of, in what comes to my mind. You think of how many people are killed by drunk driving. You think about how many people are abused by alcohol. You know, in and the government's worried about this and that, and you know, we know it's all it's because of their own wickedness and it's because of sin. It's because of money. But hey, don't join, don't don't join up with that. It changes, it, it it alters people. They they don't recover from that. Let's swallow them up as if we're a grave, they're alive, and let's just pull them into the grave. As those that go down into the pit, we shall find all precious substance. There it is. They're looking for that which they are not. They're looking for that which they have not. And young people, hear me. You are not like this world, and you should be thankful for that. And that's why, and understand this, and if, if you, I hope you're, many of you are mature enough to, to, to process this. You are not like this world, and that's why you'll be targeted. Right. Right. And then when this world makes you like them, they will cast you aside. Right. 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 This world, these, the sinners, they literally have an agenda and say, whose son can we ruin? Whose daughter can we violate? What mama can we make cry? What, what, what decades of investment a, a dad and a father has put in, what, what, what investment can we waste? This is this world, and this is my Bible study. Christian, why in the world do we want to have anything to do with this world? This is who they are. Yeah. We shall fill our houses with spoil. They fill their houses with the things that are taken from somebody else. Yeah. Sinners are not concerned with who they hurt. Well, we need to be reminded. And again, we're trying to reach this world. We're preaching Christ to this world. But for the grace of God, that's who we would be. But we need to be reminded of the whole context. It's a warning. When they entice you, they're going to entice you. They're they're going. Oh, we don't. We don't care if you're a Christian. Come with us anyway. Do this anyway. Be very careful of that. Number four you must, statement number four, you must not go along with sinners. You must not go along with sinners. It's a decision that every person needs to make. A conscious decision. I am glad, and there needs to be more of this emphasis, but I am glad that when I was a, a young man, I heard over and over and over again, youth conferences, uh, uh, uh church services decide some things now right. Right. Yes, sir. decide what you believe decide what you will do right. and don't ever stray from it Amen. all of us need to decide that we are not going to go along with sinners right. Right. that word consent think listen listen to this let me let me let me read uh with you in uh What what verse do I want to read? He says, Let's read verse 10 again. My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. What is is the enticement? The consent. The enticement is to lead astray. If I consent, it's not just saying, Oh, okay, I'm going to go along with that. Listen to this. (coughs) Literally, to think with another. Hence, to agree or accord. Well, I, I agree what you're saying but my parents won't let me yeah, right. I, I agree with that but you know church gets in the way yeah. before you do you consent what Solomon is saying if sinners entice thee don't Agree or be in accord. I have to live in this world. I don't have to agree with it. Now, I know we live in a cancel cancel culture that tries to make you agree, but we should not consent. More generally, to agree in mind and will, to yield to what one has the power, the right, or the disposition to withhold. Let me read that again. To consent is to yield to what one has the power, the right, or the disposition to withhold. As a child of God, there are some things that are in your power. We worry so much about the things we have no power over. We worry about all the things we have no control over. But we do have control over what we will consent, what we will give in that consent. Don't go along with sinners. If sin, My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. And there's, there's so many other principles we could go to tonight, but we don't have the time to do it. That's why there's certain people you avoid. That's why there's certain places you avoid. That's why there's certain philosophies and ideologies you avoid. Because you consent long before you do, uh, you yield uh, your God, your will, you yield uh, your character, you yield those things that you uh, I'm against, but I'm going to consent. Why? Because you got enticed, you were asked, you were uh, tried to be, you were seduced, you were led astray. You know, this, this world does not tell you how bad it's going to be. But I think of, I heard, I don't know why I'm thinking of all the preaching I heard when I was a teenager. Maybe it's because I hadn't heard any good preaching since then, I don't know. But i, I think trying to think of all the preaching I heard as a teenager. But I used, to, I used to hear this, I used to hear it in junior church, and I used to hear it in, I heard it in junior church a lot. And then I heard it in and as a teenager, you know. It's amazing that, that all the, the, the beer commercials, they don't show you the real result. They dress it up real good. Yes, and the only way you can have fun is with a Budweiser. Yeah. Don't clip that out. And... <laughs> they show you, I mean, this is this is everything you want to have, but they don't show you the broken marriages. Right, right, right. Yeah. They they don't they don't show you all the little makeshift memorials on the side of the road. Not where the one drinking has lost their life, but some innocent person has lost their life. You must not go along with sinners. Young people get it in your heart, get it in your mind. This lost world, when it entices you, it's, it's on us, Christian. We, we look at lost people, and we're like, I can't believe they're like acting like lost people. We look at a lost world that's that the prince and the power of the air is ruling. I can't believe they're acting like people on their way to hell. Lost people act like lost people. A lost world system, a, a philosophy, a way of life. It's on... Well, they... Well, they shouldn't have invited me. Yeah, they shouldn't have. That's the nature. But it's on you and me to not go along with them. And and by the way, parents, you don't have to let that stuff on your TV. You, You don't have to let Disney babysit your kids or whatever thing there is out there. It's changed a lot since, since I was little. So, you, you don't have to let Hollywood come, come into your house. You don't have to. I can't believe my kids turned out that way. But when we get enticed and we, we, we don't de- uh, stay away from, you must not go along with sinners. Number five. Look at verse 15. Y'all want me to hurry? you don't know how to answer that, do you? My son, walk not thou in the way with them. Refrain thy foot from their path. Number five, do not copy, mimic, or follow sinners. Walk not thou in the way with them. Whenever you hear that in the way or a conversation of life, that's the manner of living. One thing that is destroyed a lot of sons and a lot of Christians is because they they can't accept that as a saint I'm different. I resemble heaven. My home is heaven. I was I was talking with some of the guys and brother brother Peyton and and we're planning some 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 of these reaching Spanish nation trips and I made the comment that whenever it was I want to say it was we're talking about Costa Rica. When I, I said to one of the men, I said, whenever I go to Costa Rica and a lot of these Spanish-speaking countries, I said, I stick out like a sore thumb." I mean, I'm pretty white, for one. And I'm not the tallest of tall. But there I am. So we don't have the same complexion. And I'm like, two of them <laughs> stick out. And at first, when I, when, I, when I did some international travel and I would go to these places, and, and boy, he'd be like, he'd be like Man, why is everybody staring at me? Why is everybody, because I feel very comfortable. I'm with people who, 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 you know, who I know, and I'm just like, you know, I get used to not understanding what anybody's saying, you know. I live in the South, I understand that. And then, you know, and there's, you just get used to just going about your business, and then it's like, why is everybody staring at me? It's because I look different. Right. Right. Now, how foolish would it be for me to try and fit in You know, it's like, what's up, that's that, you know, i mean, I got to try all that stuff. It's not going to work. <laughs> I came from deep study today. <laughs> I don't think that's Costa Rica anyway, but there's only so much you can do. But I'm, I'm still six, two and a half. I half. I'm still have the complexion I have. Now, I can't change that. There's a lot of Christians, we need to be reminded, we are different. And Solomon says, don't, walk not thou in the way with them. Don't live like them. Don't, don't, Don't live the way they live. He even says, refrain thy foot from their path. Don't even get close enough. You know how you don't walk down? You know how you avoid going down to the end of a path you should not go? You don't ever take that first step into the path. Amen. And long before, and you can accept this or not, but this is a fact. The Bible principle bears it out. And watched it with my own eyes for, for almost 30 years of ministry bears it out. Before you consent, you dress like them. You talk like them. You live like them. That's why it bothers me. I'm not going to say there's certain things you should not talk about, but it bothers me when, when I hear Christian young people talking more about Hollywood movies than they do spiritual things. Well, Kids aren't spiritual. We'll talk about sports then. It's just a mindset. You have to be very, very careful, Christian. Very, very careful, parent. And I I mentioned sports, and I'll just go ahead and say this: you know, you should be careful letting, and you shouldn't let your, your your young man or or your young lady, for that matter, idolize these athletes today. They are not the standard. Don't walk in or do not copy, mimic, or follow sinners. My kids laugh at me because I'll say some words every once in a while, and they're like, people don't say that nowadays. I can't keep up. I mean, it it changes and changes and changes and changes. Uh, We need to be very, very careful that we don't follow them, we don't copy them, mimic them, uh, thought, I think it's self-explanatory. We just got to be very, very careful of that. That's why, by the way, don't, don't let Hollywood set the trends of dress in your house. Amen. Don't let them set the trends. Right. Well, this is what everybody, if everybody's doing it, there's just something in me that says, yeah, I think I'll pass. That's, right. That's why I still eat hard tacos and not soft. I mean, it's like, Look, it's a new... No, I, I'm sticking with the original. I'm sticking with the real stuff. You know, it's... it's be careful letting sinners set the agenda in your home. They, they, I mean, it's obvious. They're not led by the Spirit of God. They're not led by the Word of God. They're not following the commands of God. We must be very, very careful that we don't let this world set the agenda. Number six. Turn to chapter 23, verse 17. We're almost done. The last two won't take long at all. Chapter 23, and verse 17. 23, verse 17. Let not thine heart envy sinners but be thou in the fear of the lord all the day long I Kind i of got ahead of myself but these two kind of five and six kind of work together we don't want to go in that way we're not going to copy we're not going to mimic we're not going to follow the way they do uh and let me just back up to that to the young men in here don't idolize the lost person out there you know if, if you if you've got a faithful daddy who works a job to put food on your table and a roof over your head that's who, that's who you ought to model. You ought to, you ought to look up to the Sunday school teacher, the, the, the workers in the church, those that have been faithful year in and year out. I would rather, I would rather our young people look up to the ushers. That's a pretty low standard right there, but look up to the ushers than they would a professional, I would a professional athlete. Uh and mom and dad, just a good, good, good point, just a good reminder to point out the faithful service. Amen. To point out uh, those that we want our young people to emulate. I said, number six, do not envy sinners. We read verse 17 in chapter 23, let not thine heart envy sinners. Again, what, what, where's your heart? What's your heart after? Sometimes You know, if we are going to follow the Lord, it's not always easy. If you're going to rear your children according to the word of God, parents, you're going to have to make some sacrifices. When family gets together, you will be the weird ones. From some perspective, not from God's perspective. Well, some of you may still be weird, but anyway, you know, it's, it's, it's the... Well, because we're going against... What sinners are doing. There's a lot of Christians, and if I if you if I could just say it like this, they're, they're, they're just carnal. I'm not gonna question I'm not questioning their salvation. I'm not questioning uh, where they'll spend eternity. When you get enticed away from the things, it has an effect. And sometimes our heart envies. Sinners. It would be nice to just have and you can fill in whatever you want to fill in. But you've got to think about how they got it. You know, If you want to you can, you can get what this lost world has to offer but what are you going to pay for it? You're going to pay for it with your Marriage, husband and wife. Sadly, there's a, there's a lot of parents who say, who, who, through the, who through time have said they love their kids, but I don't believe them because they've paid with their children and their children's future and their grandchildren's future because they're heart-envied. It, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things we have to be careful of. Uh, this also affects our lifestyle. And that's why, and I'm so proud of us, so proud of this church and the things that we've done over the last few years to step out by faith, and it has not been done without making sacrifice. But you know what'll keep you from stepping out by faith as a Christian and making sacrifices for the cause of Christ is your heart envying after sinners. Why can't we have what? Well, they're not trying to support a missionary. They're not buying land in Africa so Christians there can meet right. Right. Yes, they're not paying a, a their, their tithes so that so that the church can move forward they're not giving extra so that we can have more room they're not they're not doing any of those things right. and friend, I just remind us all that it really doesn't have much to do with the, the, the Bible stuff so it's good for us to be reminded in this context you know don't don't underestimate that your car runs as long as it's run. Your health is as good as it is. Don't underestimate the, the goodness of God. Do not envy sinners. If, 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 to, to use the context of Job and the ash heap, if you and I had to live in an ash heap, following the Lord Jesus Christ is better than living after a bunch of sinners who care nothing about God, nothing about the things of God. You know, and you and I, it's hard to hear sometimes, but something you and I need to have in our mind, do not do not envy sinners. You say, man, look at those, this, this, this actor. They have this and this, and they have all these followers on da 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 Well, you want their four failed marriages too? You want their diseases? You definitely don't want Revelation chapter 21 the great white throne. Don't envy them. Number seven, chapter 13. Chapter 13 and verse 21. Last verse this evening. I'll read it, give number seven, make just a couple of comments and we'll be done. Chapter 13, verse 27. Evil pursueth sinners, but to the righteous good shall be repaid. Number seven, the destruction of sinners is unavoidable. It's unavoidable. Their destruction is unavoidable. See, the Bible says, evil pursueth sinners, but the righteous good shall shall be repaid. To sinners, the unregenerate, those who do not know Christ, those who are of this lost world, the ideas, the philosophies, the... The manner of life where, and we've seen this unfold in our country like we've never seen it before. On our streets, in our schools, everywhere you see it. People who just don't care about anything that's right and decent. We must be very, very careful. Why do we not envy them? Because evil is pursuing them. Judgment is coming. They can't stop it. Outside of repenting, they cannot stop it. The destruction of sinners is unavoidable. This is a good principle to be reminded of the slide in with this, is always consider the end. The Bible talks about that several times. Consider the end. Where is this going to end? How's this going to work out? Notice the contrast to evil pursuing sinners, but to the righteous good shall be repaid. God takes care of the saints. Here, let's just take the end, the, the, the very end. I, be, I believe that, well, let's, let's, let's not do it that way. Let's, let's, evil pursues sinners. I believe we know that at the end, there's judgment those that are lost without Christ, they will stand before the Lord Jesus Christ. There'll be no flamboyancy. There'll be no posing for Instagram. There'll be no rhetoric. They will stand before Christ. What a horrible, horrible sight that will be. But I believe in this life Evil pursues sinners. There are sicknesses. There are disease that'll catch. There are, there are tragedies that take place. It pursues them. There are families that are lost. Why? Because it pursues them. The other side of that is, but to the righteous, good shall be repaid. At the end... How good is heaven going to be? We can try and think about how good, and we should think about good, how good heaven's going to be, but we cannot put into proper context how wonderful heaven's going to be. But I don't believe you have to wait till heaven for God to be good to you and I. God takes care of the saints. You do good, you, you, you sow good, you reap good. You sow evil, you reap evil. That's a law. And I'll go even beyond that. How do you overcome evil? Good. So, for God's people to avoid sinners, that evil's coming. Oh, we need to be very, very careful because we get caught up in things of this world and we get enticed. Our heart begins to envy. Be very, very careful of that. That if you deal with sinners, you need to understand the, the wickedness. You know, I want all of us to be reminded of this, but especially our young people tonight this world is not our friend. We shouldn't, and because it's not our friend, in addition to because of what Christ has done for us we should not follow it we should not let it influence us we should be guarded against it and by the way how can you how can you how can you how can you stand against it in this hellish philosophy that says well you have got to be like them to win them i said hellish because that's exactly where it came from because it's not in god's word that that is that is the, that is a misnomer that is propagated by the devil himself because he knows you can't be walking down the same path. So Well, it doesn't always end up good for the Christian. I've read those stories of the, 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 the martyrs, those have been burned at the stake, and it's true. In the book of Revelation, in more than one place, that blood cries out for God's justice. But I can also tell you some of those same stories, those that stood in the crowd, that called on the name of Christ there's some, you read those old stories of the martyrs, they, it, you will feel like a sorry Christian. There are some stories that fastening the hands of those that would be executed and seeing their courage and their faith we call, we would accept Christ right there and kneel down on the chopping block next to them. That's some powerful things. You don't reach the world by walking down the same by being enticed by them. Let's be very, very careful uh, as we, we consider sinners. And let's be grateful that when God looks at us, He doesn't see us in that category. We're the saints. What a thought. It's because of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, help us to serve you.